This is Mapping the Tropes, a romance podcast. It is our 10th episode, a very big milestone for us. Yeah. My name is Marianne. My name is Adriana. And I'm Paola. And we have a very special guest, and it is... Go ahead. I'm Nina Moreno. I am a writer and reader. (laughs) (laughs) It is so exciting to have Nina with us today. We're big fans here, so it's very exciting to be able to talk to Nina about her books and also about her taste. So today's theme is YA contemporary romance. Why? Why do we like YA contemporary? Nina, you can take it away. Why why do we like it? That, that's, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, I think for a lot of us, uh, it's just, it's that first big relationship and that's mm-hmm. pretty significant mm-hmm. and that's sort of learning how to be in a relationship and learning about ourselves through the relationships that we're in and how we react to things. And I don't know, those first ones are such a big deal and like every, the stakes mm-hmm. are so high, even when it's just like, am I going to go to the dance? Am I going to go to the movies? It's like <laughs> such a huge deal. And I think it's just really, it's important for teens to read it and experience things in a sort of a safe way. But it's also like for a lot of us just to sort of re-experience the highs and lows of high school football. <laughs> <laughs> it was right there. You had to take the moment. I set it up and you <laughs> knocked it out. <laughs> Listen, I, I don't watch Riverdale. I just know Riverdale means it's not my fault. Everything I know about Riverdale has been against <laughs> I've been an unwilling audience. Yeah. Which like considering that Paola and I were like Glee fans and that the showrunner of Riverdale was a Glee producer slash writer makes sense. I, I watched the first season, like when it was just like a murder show. I'm like, ooh, I'm into mm-hmm. this. And then it just went somewhere else. And I was like, I don't know if I can follow y'all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, does it, would it classify as YA contemporary if we looked at it like through a bookish lens or something? I, I guess, like technically <laughs> because they're in high school. Um, but, you know, they're... Yeah. Where they 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 do like a, I, I, it's not the Raven King. I'm just thinking <laughs> about the king, and there's like a cult or something like that. But the, what? the, the figure there's like cults, natural. there's like drugs, there's a, like the drug- organ organ uh harvesting oh yeah oh my god but the drugs are like, like called like juju like <laughs> like named after candy like it's so yeah oh yeah. I'm actually learning all this right now, and I'm like, I really thought it was just about football against your will or something. Against your will, exactly. (laughs) I feel like I'm being held hostage right now, trying to learn, hearing about Riverdale. This is wild. But yes, um, why a contemporary? Why going back? Going back. We we've we've previously talked on this show about how. YA romance is just so much more high stakes than adult romance because of how urgent everything feels and how close everything feels when you're a teen and you're like oh my god everything's gonna end at a very close point in time and I don't want it to and I feel like that's something that attracts a lot of readers uh, to sort of re-experience that sort of angsty moment in our lives um and yeah as we said the epic highs and lows of uh (laughs) high school uh drama yeah I think also because like when you're a teen you feel everything so strongly so reading contemporary when you're a teen is kind of like feeling seen or feeling heard you know by 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 a book or by the authors who write them and uh I just love reading contemporary now like because I see it from the outside and I'm like uh you poor sweet child I know you're suffering but you'll get through it he is a grandma 
Yeah, so yeah. Be, I'm, she's I'm always like, like I'm old. old. <laughs> I am old. I am old on the inside. I'm like, I'm like, I'm me. I'm my 80s. School has aged <laughs> me, but it's, it's just so, it's just so cute to see them. Like, oh my god, what if I don't go to the same college? Will this like uh, survive or something like that? It's it's so cute. It's so cute. You I know, always find it really adorable. You get older, and it's like you don't want to be perceived, and you don't want to be vulnerable. And that, <laughs> those are like the two things you have to be as a teenager when you're all going exactly. to school together. So yeah. Like, I, I would die having to think about, like, a big gesture or a proposal or stuff like that. And and that's what they're living through. Like, oh, my God, is, is, is Scott going to invite me to the prom today? And I'm like, please don't perceive me. I don't know anything. <laughs> exactly. And I don't know why, but right now I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, not to put Nina on the spot, but, like, because we have her here. Uh, Do it. There's a scene in Don't Think Rosa Santos where she's she literally ducks into a bookshop in order to avoid being seen by her crush. Um, and I felt that. I was yeah. like, yeah, I I've done that. So there's there's a, a level of relatability uh in YA contemporary romances, uh, especially with like when it comes to like crushes and like infatuation and all these different feelings that uh a lot of us get to feel and experience yeah like I <laughs> I hid in a bathroom during a dance for my own date because I was like I'm over this so <laughs> <laughs> mom come pick very, me up very very love Simon very yes <laughs> I think also with YA contemporary there's like a sort of innocence about it uh they can always believe that things are going to be okay and 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 like you know they believe in love sometimes when we read these like when we read adult romances someone's jaded or someone's like been through so many traumatic events or something that they kind of don't believe in love or something and sometimes you just you just want to believe it you just want to be there no angst I mean yes we love the angst but you know we just want the fluff the holding hands uh, yeah, it's it's destroying the the cynicism of adulthood. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There's no baggage. There's no kids. There's no you know. <laughs> everything is brand new, but it feels so much more for them. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a very broad topic, I guess. But we also can't like pin down tropes for. <laughs> for YA because it's so there's so many that sometimes happen um but uh Marianne do you want to talk about your book the oh, book yes, that yes. you've brought to discuss and maybe Heck, some yeah. tropes that are in your book listen my book is oh my god this one released this year actually uh it's called Fat Chance Charlie Vega by Cristal Maldonado uh, in this one, I guess it would have a trope like never been kissed or, or like first, first crushes, first love, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, in this book, Charlie Vega, she is a Puerto Rican th- uh, teen and well, she's never been kissed and that's like her one goal. She's always wanted to have a romance and have like a cute little romance with someone and stuff like that. But um, she feels insecure in her body, in her life, because she doesn't have a good support system from her mom because um, her mom basically puts her down all the time because Charlie is fat. So her mom is always like pushing her to to lose weight or to do stuff like that. And Charlie's like, I'm comfortable in my body. Why can't you accept that? And, you know, she has a good support system other than her mother, though, which is her best friend, Amelia. And stuff like that. And in this book, it's sort of a coming of age for Charlie because she's starting to grow more as an independent young adult. She's learning more about her interests, her the her self-worth and self-image. And also she has such a cute romance in this book. It's so adorable. Um the love interest, his name is Brian. He's a Korean-American teen, I believe. And they meet, like, through work. And it's this sort of romance where when they first meet, they're like, Charlie doesn't really think that they're going to be together. It's like, oh, he's a nice kid. 
he's nice to me that's cool but along the book they sort of start falling for each other very subtly but you see it you see it you see how charlie starts like thinking more of him and make baking him cute little treats and, and stuff i'm already like melting I'm right already melting. it's it's like it's like the perfect if it were a movie you would just see it how how her her thoughts just keep inching towards brian slowly but cutely and he gives her like a little valentine's day card because she said that um people don't give each other valentine's day cards anymore and he's just like gives her such a cute one with a cute little pun and i keep using cute because it's just so cute god <laughs> i'm i'm melting already i'm melting i'm uh, gonna combust with all the cuteness right <laughs> and it's just like they have like cute little hand holding sessions oh and my it's god like, Uh, it's so adorable brian is so so such a good love interest i feel like we don't have too many very wholesome boys in ya you know it's always like i'm the hot motor motorcycle bad boy whatever <laughs> and brian is literally like a nerd he's a giant nerd and he just like loves food and loves being cute to charlie and doing little math puns and stuff like that like that's that's brian and I just really enjoyed this book a lot. Uh, it also kind of, other than being like the cute romance and stuff like that, it's also about Charlie developing into someone who both loves her mom, but understands that maybe her mom is not the best person um, mm -hmm. because of the way that she treats Charlie and her insecurities and stuff like that. Charlie also, while she loves her best friend, she can't help but compare herself to her because her best friend is skinny attractive and kind of gets asked out by everyone whereas charlie has never had like a real boyfriend but you know it's all about being honest about your feelings and to yourself in this book and yeah that's that's just why it's become one of my favorite romance why a contemporary romance books and and of this year basically Yes. I think, Paola, you read it, right? Yeah, I read about half of it, but it was making me feel too much. <laughs> I was relating to Charlie way too much. I was like, no, 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 no. I need, a, I need a breather. And I haven't picked it up since, but I should. Because, yeah, it's just sometimes YA, that's the power that YA has over me. Like, sometimes it makes me feel too many things. And I'm like, nope. Mm -mm. <laughs> put this down for a minute. The thing I love about that one too, and just about YA in general, is how voicey it is. Like, mm -hmm. like I don't know, you don't always get that in adult contemporary. That you know, the point of view isn't that close, and so I don't know. And yeah. in, in teen stories, you're so close to the the feeling itself. So those voices really, really like I don't know, they get in your head, and they're so good. Yeah. Yeah, it feels very introspective at times, kind of like, uh, that's why sometimes um, YA adaptations kind of don't, like movie adaptations mm. or such, don't have the same vibe. And it's because a lot of the scenes are internal, like it's all about the thought process and how that person shifts from one point to another. And it's something that doesn't translate very well on screen unless you're inside the person's head, literally. So, yeah. yeah. I think that's why Two All the Boys works so well because the director, like especially in the first one, evoked such mm -hmm. an aesthetic that you like. I don't know, you felt like you were in Lara Jean's skin in a way that I don't know. Mm -hmm. so, I love that movie. Yeah, yeah, this is this is something that we've mentioned in in the in the in the show as well about uh, Two All the Boys and how well it was it, the book to movie translates at least in the first one for mm -hmm. me um, because. One, it was a very special like event because we finally have Laura Jean on, <laughs> on the screen, but like we can see the aesthetics, the way that she views the world through like rose-colored lenses um, and romanticizes like everything and it comes across. Yeah, now that you say that, because I, I feel like everybody after they watched to all the boys, like everybody all of a sudden felt like a 16 year old girl. Like we all of a sudden all became really soft. Like that's how, like, I don't know, close to Lara Jean. We all like, we felt like we were 16. And mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love, I love the, 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 the premise of Charlie Vega 
I, I have the book. I need to read it. Oh, also, if I, sorry, I, if I didn't mention, Charlie Vega is Puerto Rican as well as Cristal Maldonado. So if you're looking for Puerto Rican representation, it's always like interesting and good and wonderful to know that we're having like new one every new ones every year, you know, because uh, <laughs> when I started reading like YA, I feel like there was barely any type of um, Latinx representation anywhere. So now it's like, oh, look, this major, well, not major, but this publisher just threw out um, another Puerto Rican book. Like, so, yes, it's very significant for me, at, at, at least for me. <laughs> yeah. that, that's how I felt when I first read The Resolutions by Mia Garcia, because uh, it was just like full of like this cast of this ensemble of Latinx characters just like oh they're having cutesy high school things like having angsty senior year moments and I really like that uh because you don't get to see that very often in uh YA that's one of my favorite books and it's precisely because of that too like I just want to see people like me having good stories and having like you know interesting and and stuff that I couldn't do then then I I want to live it through them <laughs> yeah and, and yeah, speaking of movies, Nina, do you want to talk about the book that you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you? <laughs> I mean, I guess that's why we're here, right? Okay. <laughs> um, my book that I picked is Like a Love Song by Gabriela Marti. And it is, it came out this year too, right? Yeah, this year. Mm, yeah. Um, it's, July, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, as far as tropes, we've got a pop star. Mm-hmm. We've got Beautiful. fake dating. Um, and we've got like, I, I loved, loved her like banter between the friends. Like I mm. think um, that's one of my, that's another one of my favorite things about YA is you've got to like really get the friend dynamic down. But um, let me see. Yeah, it was about Natalie. Natalie's a pop star. She's a Brazilian. Um, she's dealing with Hollywood. She has a terrible like breakup that goes viral and it's super embarrassing. And so to sort of deal with the fallout, her publicity team sets her up with like the indie movie British twig of a guy who's like super cute. Uh, what was it? William. William. And so you get to see them fake dating for cameras you get to see like "Ooh, are we gonna kiss it's not real unless and so like that's like (laughs) my favorite thing about fake dating and I think I think Gabriella got it like it's so good it's so romantic it deals with you know all the things you want to see in a contemporary um dealing with Latinx like identity and her mom and like am I this enough or am I not that what does Hollywood want me to be like um one of the my favorite things that Gabriella has said about the book is that like if you listen to Olivia Rodrigo's album like yeah. it came out after but that is Natalie and so it's I don't know it just feels really young it feels really like for teens like she's not mm-hmm. writing it for an adult audience like if you love it great but she wrote this for teens and I love that it also is one of the first or most recent like it debuted in paperback like mm-hmm. and as a YA reader that's all I read was paperbacks like that's you know I picked up my skinny little paperback book or whatever at the grocery store wherever I could find it so I love that like this is a line of books that's coming out geared towards teens mm-hmm. yeah I love yeah. it <laughs> yeah and we've talked about fake dating before but like I I love to see it in YA as well because oh in in adult it's like like am I developing feelings or is is it just like (laughs) lust or whatever but in YA it's like oh my god this guy is touching me (laughs) yes our knees what does that mean (laughs) yes and he hasn't moved his knee away what does this mean I feel the electricity yeah it's the 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 hand flex from like pride and prejudice uh yes uh in YA (laughs) but yes I feel like fake dating in adult romance does not have the same stakes again I keep going back to the stakes but like fake dating in adult romance it's like because of your own ego 
like I I'm thinking of like make a scene by Mimi Grace which I love mm -hmm. I love that book but it's all because she doesn't want to let everybody know that she's still single like who cares if you're still single but in YA it's like I keep, again back to to all the boys I loved before like I have to prove that I'm not into my sister's ex-boyfriend like that is hello oh right it's not that adult ga uh, baggage again like it's mm -hmm. it's yeah. so like I don't know it's it's you and it's what you're dealing with and like I don't know and especially with the way Gabby does like also the celebrity stuff like so to see teens trying to be pop stars and trying to like what you know and then also fake date on top of that like I just think it's so I don't know it's a Disney teen movie like the, the old yeah. Disney <laughs> channel movies like that's what I want that's what I want when I go into a YA rom-com yes you want yeah. a decom you want a high school musical moment please that's what you need what team <laughs> wildcats wildcats <laughs> Exactly, like like no one's doing it like Zac Efron when with the floppy hair and stuff, you know. Where, where's it? Where's it been? Where he's? Where have they been? I feel like they used to manufacture boys at the Disney Channel factories, you know. Like every month, he would have a new Disney Channel guy to the, to swoon over, and now it's like, who? Who is it? Yeah, like where's the cringy Camp Rock? <laughs> no, like Not I guess Camp like. Rock. I guess like Camp Rock and like a love song fit together because it's like pop stars being like embroiled in drama and must try to act normal in front of other teens. <laughs> oh, I I liked something I liked something that you said before, um, Nina, about the book being for teens and like being published in paperback and everything. Because I feel now like I don't know if you've noticed, but books are now like really chunky like 400 or more pages and they're now like more expensive because I remember books being like I don't know ten dollars or something and now it's almost twenty dollars USD like who is this for because teens yeah. will not pay this I remember buying my first books physical books when I was in college because I could get money but when I was a teen I couldn't afford books either so who is this for you know and they don't want to carry that around like their exactly. book bags are already heavy. I don't want to throw a 500 page book in there, like along with yeah. like five textbooks right, and no. like notebooks and shit. No, yeah. Publishing. Who are you? Who are you publishing for? <laughs> <laughs> what What an existential question uh, <laughs> for publishing. So so famous for answering our questions. So famous for listening to us, right? Yeah. <laughs> But but let, before we get sniped here by publishing, Adriana, why don't you why did you speak about your book? How how nice to to pivot to me of all people <laughs> when we're talking about publishing. Um, but the book that I I chose is also about a teen pop star um, because it's uh, now that I found you by Christina Forrest. Um, I, I absolutely love Christina Forrest's books. She and she's only published two books, but I already love them. And I, it's very much in the like Jenny Han. I'm gonna I would buy any book that she writes, or even like <clears throat> Nina Moreno. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's in that vein because the way that she writes is so like impactful it's funny it's romantic um but basically what this book is about um evie is about to have her big shot at like a big movie blockbuster think like zendaya being in dune right now um so she's about to like be like premiere in this big movie and what her supposed best friend like they both get drunk and she sort of sabotages her chance at uh, Evie's big break uh, and instead takes the role for herself by posting this sort of drunken ramble that Evie goes on one night uh, and Evie sort of left, left in shambles 
Um, and the only way that she can redeem herself is by bringing her superstar grandma, who's basically like the Sicily Tyson, larger, larger than life, sort of like Barbara Streisand type uh, grandma, uh, uh, to bring her to this reunion of this movie that like put her in the spotlight uh, and present her with an award to sort of rehabilitate the image that Evie was thrust upon. Uh, and when she gets to New York to try to track down her grandma, her grandma just like goes rogue. <laughs> so she she's charged with, tra- with tracking her down throughout like the entire city, along with this boy who like it's a delivery boy um and her grandma has basically like taken in and like become good friends with um and they bond they sort of start out as rivals so it's sort of like rivals to lovers type of thing um so there's like celebrities there's sort of rivals to lovers um there's also like family shenanigans because again she's trying to track down her grandma who's like a dynamo uh who has her own sort of like secrets uh about her uh torrid affairs so it's it's a very fun book full of like train rides and like falling in love in new york city uh and evie sort of trying to come to terms with like she is not this bad decision that her friend put her like the sabotage that was uh that sort of did her in uh she she is not that she can become more and uh yeah I I really love 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 this book I love that one too I think I think we if any if we're gonna have a conversation about why contemporary anywhere and I it, Christina has to be at the top of the list. I yes. think she's like, I say it in every interview. Whenever anybody wants to ask me, well, what book should I read? Christina Forrest. Christina Forrest. Yeah. Christina Forrest. Like, and ev- I feel like every time people talk about her books, it's like, I felt like I was watching a movie. Like, she's mm-hmm. it's so tightly plotted and like the pacing never like drags and it's, it like feels like an old school romance. Like, d- yeah. them running around New York. It's like, I don't know. It's just so classic. And there, and it's very visual and descriptive as well because you know she's talking about like New York City or even in the in her debut, which was uh, uh, oh God, was I want to be where you are? I want to be where you are. Um, it's a road trip romance, and it's like they're running away from their sort of like families and sort of their pasts and their torrid sort of background, uh, and sort of reconnecting and again falling in love in the process and she does chemistry so well Ugh. she knows her tropes she knows her tropes she knows it she knows <laughs> she, she it. plays she... us like a fiddle <laughs> yeah and, and i'm so looking forward to her new uh book which is Sila and kai mm-hmm. uh which is if i'm not mistaken it's like at a music festival or uh or something like that yeah i think so yeah 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 so yeah so so stoked for anything that christina forrest makes that's like um, a spin-off or n- I don't no know. i i don't think they're in the actually i want to <laughs> be where you are and know that i found you are sort of in the same universe because yeah you see the characters from the first book in the second book in like a party scene I love that. um yeah that's so cute i, I love I, cameos i love that Oh, I need to read her books. Yes, definitely do. Highly recommend. 10 out of 10 uh, would watch movie adaptations of this of these books. They're amazing. <laughs> um, for for and- the listeners, Adriana has all the books behind them. <laughs> um, I, I have Nina's books and uh, just yeah. to like embarrass Nina. <laughs> Whenever we have author friends, our goal is just to embarrass them by showing them their books. Exactly. <laughs> we, we do that to Amparo Ortiz. Uh, like, literally, last weekend, uh, Marianne and I were with Amparo, like, on, a, on an outing to the museum. And we made her, like, autograph her 
Starbucks in public and we were like oh my god you're so famous <laughs> trying to like we were we were hyping her up you know yeah she's like you guys are so embarrassing <laughs> please stop keep going keep going <laughs> but yeah i i really uh, i really love uh why romance i love christina forrest we love amparo and speaking of new york city i think paola's book is set in new york city as well yes oh my god i don't talk about this book enough and i should be recommending it left and right Um, it's <laughs> Charming as a Verb by Ben Philippe. Um, I say Philippe because his last name is Haitian, so I'm assuming it's pronounced Philippe. But anyway, um, and this book is about this uh, Haitian-American boy. His name is um, Henri, I guess. But people at his school call him Halti because of his last name. And he is the son of two Haitian um, immigrants. And he's at this very preppy private school. He's doing everything like he's at the debate club. He is running a dog, a dog walking business with that's a scam. <laughs> But um, <laughs> he's doing everything because it all amounts to him, Colombia. And there's just this one girl who happens to be his neighbor who, you know, she just calls his bluff. She does not care about Henri at all. Uh, she just wants people to perceive her as more friendly because she's gotten um, comments about how she's quote unquote intense. And she doesn't like that because she thinks that makes people Uh, like not want to be around her and it, she finds out that Henri's business quote-unquote business as a dog walker is a scam um, and so she's like I will let everybody know that you're keeping all the money because the company is fake unless you take me out say we're hanging out because I don't think yeah no it's not fake dating um, if we go to this party And you introduce me to your friends and people see me as more friendly. And he's like, okay. And then, you know, they become friends and then they start falling in love. And oh, it's so good. It's so, <laughs> so good. We all want a relationship that starts out with blackmail. That's just like. Skiing <laughs> your way to my heart. She, she said, I can fix him and myself at the same time. <laughs> And that's valid, honestly. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Because also, Henri is, like, very confident, but he's hiding a lot of his insecurities and how much he wants to make his father, specifically, his father proud. Um, but he's, you know, this, like, easygoing guy and just having fun. But then when, you know, he's like, I have to go to Colombia, that's, like, the only thing that he takes very very seriously um and this book is so funny as well like kareen is hysterical um like <laughs> i was laughing out loud i remember exactly like when i was reading it but i was just dying laughing at everything kareen said she's very like spontaneous and obviously she doesn't know a lot of social cues because she's <laughs> never been a party girl and she doesn't have a lot of friends so she sometimes misses the mark and she just says stuff and it's just hysterical like there's this at the party she I don't know why even prompted the comment but she starts saying that she watches like female friendly porn and because <laughs> it's like it's not a crime and something like that and and Henri is just like mm, maybe not do that here <laughs> I love it so much and another thing that I love about this book is that sometimes we talk about like absent parents in in YA and we're like where are the parents um and in this one both of um both sets of parents are very much in the book um which I find very, very pleasant because it's it's like their support system and it's the people who are, you know, rooting for their children. 
And I love it also because there's this um, small conversation about like being the the quote unquote model minority because he's obviously Haitian American. And oh, it's so good. It's so good. If you haven't read it, do it. Yes. Yes. I And like Ben is super funny, like even in, in real life. So that easily translates to like everything that he writes. For you to say that uh, like Corinne is hilarious. I don't doubt it. I love what you said about the the parents because you know mm. usually it is true I mean usually some not usually but in more more classic I would say older YA books parents were notoriously absent and at least when now that we're reading more diversely and there's more exposure to these different cultures and such um, I mean for example you can't exactly hide parents in a from a <laughs> latinx um ho- household you know yeah. so, mm-hmm. so reading it here in 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 charming as a verb you say that the parents are there and i love it i love it because i want to see the parents as well but that's because you know as i've repeated i'm i'm old so i like to see <laughs> the different influences in, in the characters lives and such i like to make yeah. sure there's appropriate supervision <laughs> <laughs> no drinking alcohol under when they're minors. unless it's in my house <laughs> under this roof i'm a um, cool mom i'm a cool mom <laughs> again not to like throw nina under the bus but like even in don't they so santos like the 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 family aspect is a it's a big thing in, in Don't Take Rosa Santo it's like one of the like main it's like a driving force yeah. in the book and yeah, yeah and even if it's a, an absent mom or a very loving quirky grandma we, we love it <laughs> I love even her so much even if it's about how our family messes us up it's exactly. gotta be on the page somewhere <laughs> exactly <laughs> but that's that's what YA is about you know exploring exploring yeah I love it. And I, I want to read all of these books because I love YA romance. I read it more than I read fantasy um, because as we sort of mentioned, like it's more real. Uh, obviously, it's more realistic than fantasy. <laughs> um, but there's a lot less like world building that you have to like get, get into your brain uh, or even like there's no like made up words uh there's no weird <laughs> names like there is in fantasy um you know it's just like people going through things in in their daily lives and it's teens like not having to save the world or like their yeah. town or whatever aspect of their lives they're they're thrown into but it's just like they're ha- they need to take care of their own selves, which is an important message that teens should have. <laughs> I love when they become like comfort favorites. Like, I don't yeah. know, the same way, like, yeah. you know, I'm old. So I feel like in my generation, everyone, everybody loved John Hughes. Everybody loved Breakfast Club. Everybody mm-hmm. loved, you know, those old 80s movies. So I love that these books kind of become that even, you know, because I read a ton of adult romance. I love adult romance. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I can't read at the same speed YA romance because it gets in too deep. And it's like, I need a minute. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, like YA romance isn't explicit in the way that adult romance can be. So adult romance usually has this sort of more like sexual, physical aspect of a relationship thrown into the layers of baggage, as we've mentioned, versus like, we talked about teens like going they're like hormonal they're like oh my god uh everything is very intense all the time but it's not as intense as you what you see in an adult romance (laughs) yeah the the personal journey is a lot of work too so Mm -hmm. that's something I really do love too like it's not just the romance it's also about how the characters grow in their own like the personal journey that they take in YA because it's not just like oh I fell in love with this guy I fell in love with this girl um it's very much like I need to grow as a person that's just like what 
graduating high school demands of you. So <laughs> I, 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 I live for YA romance. It's so good. And I love that it validates the romance because I feel like as we get older, you know, people are real dismissive of romance and love stories and what teens like. So YA romance contemporary is definitely a space where, yes, this relationship is a big deal to you and it matters. Like that's, it's important. Yeah. 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 Nina, not to put you on the spot or anything, but, but <laughs> we wanted to like, maybe uh, we wanted to know a bit about you know, you write YA contemporary a lot. So could you tell us a bit about what goes through your mind or, or through your writing process when you do stuff like that? When, I, when I'm writing it, um, I definitely am very conscious of the fact that it's not about my nostalgia. So it's like, yeah, I might want to sit here and write Dawson's Creek fan fiction for the rest of my <laughs> life and talk about Pacey Witter, but that's not fair to teens in 2021. But it definitely informs like I, I have those feelings. I remember those feelings and I feel like it's really important to me to give it the weight that it has at that age, you know, cause, mm -hmm. I, cause you know, like I was saying, like we dismiss so much about what teens like. And yet I know so much about Riverdale because <laughs> me, <laughs> like it's everywhere. And I think it's important to, I don't know, give it the, importance that it has always respect the agency of teens so like when I go into YA romance I'm like listening to my music I'm back in my feels I am you know I'm wanting to give the emotion all the weight that it has you know like we, the stakes the stakes are so high personally and like this relationship is going to shape or mess you up for the rest <laughs> of your relationships and so I, I just I want to always be conscious of that even when I'm writing a kissy scene or a fluttery feeling scene or ooh, they're two best friends and they're talking again maybe they're going to practice kiss because I love my tropes and I love <laughs> you know if I'm going to do best friend romance I'm going to go for it the last thing you want when you're 17 and falling in love is for someone to say it's fine it's not a big deal high school's not a big deal you're going to mm -hmm. forget about this person in 10 years like that doesn't matter to me today like Mm -hmm. you know this is important so yeah I, I was gonna say that maybe you can't write uh Dawson's Creek fan fiction in 2021 but maybe you can write Riverdale fan fiction you in know. 2021 <laughs> <laughs> based purely off memes it's gonna be a wild ride you know it's a coffee shop AU where <laughs> oh uh, my god <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, I feel like the writers are just like throwing different fan fiction scenarios into their episodes and just trying to see if it works or I not. Mean, have you ever <laughs> seen them without their hat? They're weird. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> so that we're cursed with Riverdale knowledge. Um, Rose is yeah. cursed by the sea. We're cursed by Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> But but we can't break it, unfortunately. It's, yeah, it's gonna be like uh like supernatural. It's just gonna go on forever. Oh God, no! But anyway, one thing that we always ask in the podcast is at the end we ask about like tropes and whether we would follow those tropes. But Nina, I think you sort of did follow this trope in real life because is it your husband oh. your high school sweetheart i love how you keep putting me on the spot name this episode yes. let's put nina on the spot no yeah yeah, yeah. you are a yeah. special guest <laughs> you are a special guest you're you're in the hot exactly. seat today and the bus ran right over me no um <laughs> <laughs> we pushed her like katie and mean girls uh yeah uh married my high school boyfriend uh which it's funny because I was definitely not that girl though so like everybody who's friends with me before I met him was like really because I don't know I just was not a very romantic person I had romantic ideas like I wanted things but even at like 16 I did not want to be perceived so I didn't want to actually like <laughs> deal with stuff um but yeah so a lot of that goes into my books of course and uh like in my next one he's a drummer because my husband's a drummer and so I grew up having to go Aww. to band 
battle of the bands and stuff like that. And it's fun when you date the drummer because you have the most to clean up. So I always said, <laughs> <laughs> I always said, should have dated a guitarist, man. They just put it in the thing, like, no. So. Yes. Well, that's, that's the love right there. That's my love story. That's, that's why it endures. <laughs> Having it to endures <laughs> because you have to, like, just like you have to pick up all the equipment, you have to, like, pick up the relationship it, wherever it lands. And, like, you have to screw in all those little symbols. And, like, it's a lot of work. Like, I had to be invested. Exactly. So in your next book, do you, like, painstakingly detail everything? So, like, this is everything they do. Can you believe I it? was still there 30 <laughs> minutes after. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but personally I wouldn't be I wouldn't marry my high school sweetheart um so props to you (laughs) Nina Moreno uh all the power to you because the blueprint I think it really comes across in uh, I haven't read our way back to always yet (laughs) but in in Don't Te Rosa Santos it does come across the the chemistry between the characters comes across as genuine and you're you you root for the characters to stay together for a really long time which you don't often with like YA uh romance you're like I don't really know these two are meant to be together forever um but Alex and Rosa forever that's thanks that's all thanks to I I mean I guess my husband but Pacey Witter (laughs) yes Dawson's Creek represent our way back to always is out soon yes next month you want to you want to talk about what what it's about before like and where to find you and stuff yeah uh so our way back to always um if you've read Rosa it takes place in the same town um the main characters are new but all the supporting characters you've pretty much already seen in Rosa so that was a lot of fun to write but um yeah out next month best friends former best friends to lovers uh in ya which i super love um bucket list a lot of teen angst uh you know a little bit of grief because you know i'm me so um but big Mm. romantic gestures too because you know romance all day long so yes uh yeah next month um october 19th um and you can find me at ninamoreno.com or uh, over on insta at ninamoreno and also on twitter but what's my oh at nina underscore rights with the with the w thank you nina for everything thank for you. being here with us today it's been such a blast uh you know we absolutely adore you and that like part of the the like reason that marianne paula and i are even like together is was because of rosa uh, rosa santos yeah um, correct that's the impact that you've had uh and we're very grateful thank you oh and you're wearing you're wearing yellow yay the way it has infiltrated my wardrobe like everything i get is now in yellow so and you know i'm wearing my heart (laughs) sunglasses in honor of our way back to always so you know we're very grateful for everything that you've done uh and well, thank you guys for you being here yeah. I, I i i was telling paola yesterday like i've already been listening to episodes and i bought <laughs> books ba- i bought a bunch of books that, that you guys were mentioning so i love this I love- romance all day please invite me back so i can talk about more <laughs> maybe next time you can be in the mafia and we'll listen uh, We'll invite Silvana as well because she was talking about like (laughs) mafia as well. So it'll be chaotic. I love it. Yeah. And yeah. um, Marianne, your contacts and stuff. Yes. Yes. So as always, you can find me on the Twitter. I am bookish Boricua. Uh, I've spelled it enough. I, you should you should know how it is already um i'm also on instagram at reads by starlight i have a book blog uh boricua bookworms.wordpress.com i am a sensitivity reader yeah just find me anywhere on social media you have my contact email through there and just contact me if you want to if not it's okay <laughs> 
And yeah, that's pretty much uh, on my end. What about you, Adriana? Well, I am Adriana Maria Martinez Figueroa. You can find me at Boricua Reads on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and my information is on boricuareads.com. Uh, there you can find any information about how to contact me, how to hire me for sensitivity reads or editing or all the good things to do with writing, I guess. Um, and yeah, just hit me up, Paula. um i'm at gerrar on twitter and instagram that is g-u-e-r-r-e-r-a-w-r uh i have a book blog which is slowly coming back to life question mark called Mm lovepaola.wordpress.com that's paola with two a's at the end And I'm also a sensitivity reader. You can also find my rates and stuff like that on my blog. And I have a YouTube channel. I recently interviewed Nina. So you can watch our interview there as well. And yeah, I think that's it. (laughs) Yeah. And as always, um, please share, rate the podcast, leave us a review and subscribe to our uh, podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Mapping Tropes or Instagram at Mapping The Tropes. Uh, you can also contact us via email, mapping, mappingthetropes at gmail.com. If, if you have any trope ideas or things you think we should cover or you want to be a guest um, or if you want to get in touch with us. Yeah. And the next episode should be out in two weeks. And we'll Ooh. be talking about the vacation trope in romance so this was mapping the tropes thank you all for listening and we'll see you all later baby (laughs) (laughs) bye-bye see you bye